What's going on, everyone? My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. I am so, so excited for the fights today. Um, this is this is a big deal, okay? If you are a fan of the UFC or mixed martial arts in general, I mean, this this is as big as it gets. This is the equivalent of Super Bowl weekend for UFC fans. UFC 244 is absolutely stacked. I mean, the, I mean, fight fans have been waiting for this card for a very, very long time. But what I think this fight card sort of exemplifies is how unique the UFC is. And what I mean by that is the, I think the UFC is one of the only, if not the only sport where one or two losses goes extre- it goes an extremely, extremely long way. And you know, if you take a look at, say, like Jorge Masvidal's resume, right? It, I mean, both of them. If you take Masvidal's resume and Nate Diaz's resume, I mean, let's just take a look at both of them because they're both really good examples of this. So, you know, Jorge Masvidal, he obviously had uh, the two big wins recently over Darren Till and Ben Askren, which we'll go in a little bit more detail about that because I find that very interesting. But, you know, he had these two big wins. That's what everyone's remembering him about, right? You know, he's baptizing people, the three-piece in a soda, all, all that stuff, and everyone's loving it. But what people don't realize is that before this, his last win was in 2017 against Cowboy. He hadn't fought in a while. So, and he hadn't gotten a win in a long time either. So it, it's really interesting how things can turn around and how he got to this point is so fascinating, right? Because Jorge Masvidal, like I mentioned before, he was a journeyman fighter. Um, they pair him up against Darren Till and Darren Till, you know, obviously being um, the, a very, very good contender. And he just lost to Tyron Woodley for the, um, for the welterweight belt. He just lost to Tyron Woodley. So the, so the UFC was kind of like, all right, look, we fed you to the dogs here, take on Hori Masvidal. We'll even put it in Liverpool, your hometown. You'll have everyone behind you. It's this journeyman fighter. Get back on your feet, right? Kind of giving him a gift. They even had Ben Askren there, right? Ben Askren being the newly acquired fighter from from one. And they were, you know, he was over there promoting the potential fight. And he wasn't even, <laughs> he was there promoting a fight between him and Darren Till. He had nothing to say at the time for Jorge Masvidal. Because no one really thought Jorge Masvidal was going to win that fight. So Jorge Masvidal goes to Liverpool, um, totally different country, and he knocks out Darren Till in like the second round. And it wasn't just like a TKO. I mean, he was out cold. He was on the mat, on his back, lights out. He he wasn't moving. So he he does that. And then the most amazing, probably what's more impressive is that after the fight, Jorge Masvidal is doing an interview. Um, I forgot who he's doing an interview with, but then Leon Edwards another really good fighter in the division was coming over and talking smack and they get into a scuffle backstage but it wasn't just a scuffle because Masvidal got the better of it he you you know you could tell um that Edwards had some cuts on his face and you know Jorge got the better of the exchange and he said he said oh I you know I gave him the three piece and the soda and that just became everyone just the UFC just ran with that line right so after this fight the UFC pairs him up uh, with a big name in Ben Askren, right? Because Ben Askren was wanting to fight Darren Till that Jorge Masvidal recently beat. And Ben Askren, um, you know, he, he's a good fighter. He was like a 10-time reigning, not 10-time reigning champ. I mean, t- over 10 years, he was undefeated at one. He was undefeated at Bellator. He fantastic wrestler. Um, so he, he was really, really good. And then they, they get in the cage. They're both talking smack. And Masvidal knocks him out 
in five seconds with a flying knee, which you just don't see. I mean, if this is that is probably the craziest knockout you can ever hope for. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. And it, it went down in history as the fastest knockout um, in UFC history. And I can't think of any way that anyone could get knocked out faster. Like there's, I, I just can't. And, and also too, um, if you take a look at Nate Diaz's resume, it's, it's I, I would say he's less of a journeyman fighter, but it's also very similar in the sense to where he kind of came out of nowhere because Nate Diaz, right? You know, he had the, he had that rivalry with Conor McGregor. It was going over really well. But that was back in 2016. That was three years ago. People forget about that. And not only that, so Diaz, I don't know if he was retired, but he goes, he starts fighting again. He has a dominant win over Anthony Pettis. And it's just, it's really interesting because these one or two wins that that Diaz gets, you know, I mean, he had, he had, had not been relevant for like three years, right? He wasn't really doing much in the world of mixed martial arts. And he gets this one win, and he's automatically projected. I mean, he had a good resume, but he's automatically projected into this essentially championship-style fight, right? Jorge Masvidal, nobody, right? He was a journeyman fighter, gets two stunning wins. Well, three if you count <laughs> what he did to Leon Edwards. That's hilarious. But he gets these two wins, and all of a sudden— you know he's a third wel- third ranked welterweight, and he's you have he's selling out Madison Square Garden with Nate Diaz, and it's crazy. I mean, if you were to you know if you were to ask fight fans back in 2016 or 2017, and if you were to ask them if they would think that Jorge Masvidal and Nate Diaz would be you know headlining Madison Square Garden for the biggest fight card of the year, I mean I I don't I don't even think people would would believe you and the craziest thing too is that this is the biggest fight card and there's not even like a legit title shot i mean this this is such a big fight card that dana white literally created a belt for this fight just to give you just to let you guys know the the magnitude of the fight that we're talking about here but it's just i just think it's so fascinating you know back back to like the two or three win thing it's really interesting i don't think there's a sport in the world other than the UFC, that after one or two wins, especially from years ago, that can that they can suddenly project you into a title shot, right? I mean, if you take a look at, let's take a look at the Giants, right? The San Francisco Giants baseball team. You know, they were really good like a few years ago, right? But that's not going to do them any good now. It's not like they could say, hey, hey, commissioner, um, we had a really good baseball team like five years ago. And, you know, we won a couple games. So can we get a a shot at the World Series now? Because it doesn't work like that. It's a clean slate. But in the UFC, these wins, they really carry over. I mean, we we even take a look at the 96 Bulls, right? Everyone always – that's the biggest comparison, right? If if an NBA team is really good, they're always compared to the 96 Bulls. And the 96 Bulls, they lost 10 times in the regular season, which is great. I'm not – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that's like a bad record or anything like that. But they lost 10 times in the regular season. And they're considered one of the best teams of all time. And it's just kind of it's kind of crazy, though, because if you're in the UFC and if you have 10 wins, I mean, sorry, 10 wins. If you have 10 losses, did I say 10 losses? The Bulls went 72, 72 wins and 10 losses. I'm getting, I'm confusing myself here. Okay, there we go. I think we're all, I think that, that made sense. Oh, anyway, anyways, um, if, if a fighter were to have 10 losses in the same season or same year, which I mean, I don't think anyone fights ten times in a year, but let's just let's just roll with that, right? The equivalent of ten consecutive losses in the UFC, you would be out of a job. I mean, you'd probably be out of a job after three or four losses. 
I mean, look at Ben Askren. He had back-to-back losses. He was undefeated before that, a champion before that, back-to-back losses for the first time in his career, and he's considering retirement. So it's the, it's it's really interesting, you know, kind of putting it under a microscope, the magnitude of these wins and these, you know, every little fight. And it's so, it's so, so interesting. And also too, it's, you know, I find it like the whole implications of this fight card are, are incredible. You know, I mean, the winner of this fight is, pro- is probably going to get to choose between a title shot or a money fight with Conor McGregor. If McGregor wins his next fight, I mean, I'm assuming that he's going to, he's going to get the option, right? I mean, that is, if you're a, if you're a fighter, that's the best, you know, if, if you have the option to fight Conor McGregor, that's probably the best situation you could be in because you are going to, you are going to make so much money doing that. And also, too, the welterweight division in general is stacked, right? The, the, the biggest, I think the welterweight division, if you have your own opinion on this, let me know. But I think the welterweight division is the most exciting uh, division right now in the UFC. And I don't even think that's close. I really, really don't. And just the potential storylines that could come out of this fight are just, they blow my mind. They really do. And, you know, you could, so for example, right, you could have former teammates like Masvidal and Covington go at it for the title um, if Covington wins. So that would be incredible. Uh, you could have like a trilogy fight with McGregor versus Diaz. And I mean, you, they don't even have to win the fight to get this opportunity, right? If this fight goes a distance and it's close, both of these fighters could get very, very good opportunities later down the line in the UFC. Um, and what we have to remember is that, you know, these are all great fights. I think all of these potential fights, I mean, you could even do uh, like Colby versus Woodley if, you know, he loses, his, if Colby loses his next fight, I mean, that's, that would even sell really well. But what we have to remember though is that, you know, these are all great fights, but more importantly, these are all money fights. You know, UFC is a pay-per-view business and I think that, you know, this, it, it shows, right? I mean, they're going to go for the best matchup and what they want to see. Um, and I think that Jorge Masvidal is a very easy fighter to market, especially with, you know, the way he talks in front of the camera and sort of his whole persona and his character and the, the fans just really go for it and they really enjoy it. So I, I think that's really interesting. And I've already talked in my previous videos about how I love, how I have to sell fights and stuff like that. And this is another example of that too, right? This is another example of that. Um, now my prediction for this fight is, you know, it's tough, right? This fight in my it's a total toss-up it really is i think that there isn't a clear favorite here i think both fighters are it can go either way i think man it's it is really tough um this fight has a very good chance of going the distance but ultimately if i had to pick a winner um i'm gonna go with nate diaz i'm gonna go with nate diaz via submission um i think he's gonna be able to stay with masvidal's pace i think he's gonna wear him down eventually and i think you know Although Masvidal, in my prediction, I, I have Masvidal losing, but I think that he's going to be able to land a lot of quality strikes on Diaz. But I'm not sure he's, you know, like Diaz has a good chin, so I think he's going to be able to take those hits and keep moving forward. And you know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But you know, if I have to look at the other side and be kind of fair on this whole situation, Diaz hasn't fought for a bit. He had that one fight in the last three years. So, you know, his chin might be fading. And we and this is a speculation, right? We don't know that. But it's a very it's it's a good possibility here. 
So we're going to take a look at it. So guys, let me know who you guys want to win the fight, um, any predictions or anything like that. Um, yeah, but thanks, thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Teddy Ragsack, and this has been TED Talk Sports.